one of the reasons I love story so much when I'm not, you know, reading a book is to be a good storyteller, you have to pay attention. That's right. And, and I think stories help us. And another reason is stories help us make sense of the world and wherever or our life or whatever is going on. I think that's a big reason that you know, the art of storytelling still exists. Rachel Burnett and Jeremy Parsons join the show today, both members at Guild Collective, the new name of our marketing agency. And today we have an interesting conversation about human-first storytelling, why that matters as a internal team, why that matters to the work we do on behalf of clients, and, and deeper and, and maybe broader than that all is why that approach is critical to a to a good life. So hopefully you enjoy and find value from this conversation with Rachel and Jeremy. Hey, it's uh, been a long time. Welcome back. Um, we took like a unintended 11-ish month break from publishing podcasts and here we are. We're back um, with a new company name-ish, slightly different. We're now the Guild Collective instead of Guild Content. To be clear, we're Guild Collective, not the Guild Collective, if anybody cares. Um, but new website, guildcollective.com, same group of people, lots of the same intentions and motivations. Um, I'm joined by Rachel Burnett and Jeremy Parsons, and I'm, I'm smiling because it's fun to be with these people always, but it's fun. I think it's going to be an enjoyable conversation for you all to listen to their perspective on two very important questions that we're trying to find answers to. So Rachel, reintroduce yourself. It's good to have you back. Hey y'all, Rachel Burnett. Um, I am COO here at Guild Collective. Um, I grew up Mississippi. So as my son makes fun of me sometimes for saying five, like five, you may hear that at times. Is that um, F-A, how do you spell that? F-A-H-V-E. Got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> five. Um, Take notes. So we'll leave that in the podcast notes yeah, at the end will. of the episode. Um, lived in, grew up in Mississippi. I've been here for 12 years um, and have a 12 year old daughter, almost 12 year old daughter, and eight year old son. Named? Uh, Nora and Eli. They're awesome. And your husband, Jeff, is awesome. He's pretty cool, too. Um, Rachel does a wonderful job here. We've talked about her a lot, even on this show. And her, her, rapid escalation into the COO seat was a was one that was desperately needed and and certainly well deserved JP hi my name hi. is uh <laughs> my name is Jeremy Parsons I am the director of story at Guild Collective and I'm happy to be sitting here and I say that because I'm sitting with my two bosses <laughs> <laughs> you're mandated to say that. I was man mandated uh, put that in the show notes also that's right um I'm, I am really honored to be here um, I'm, I'm honored to be talking about what we're talking about today. Excited to be talking about that. Um, but me, I'm, uh, I'm a Colorado kid mm. at heart. Grew up in Western Colorado. Uh, spent my formative years, uh, hiking and fishing and playing mm. in rivers and riding bikes on Adobe Hills and stuff. Is that heaven uh, or is it Colorado? It's, uh, it's close to heaven. What a great place to be a kid, yeah, man. It was I, awesome. I wish I was a kid in Colorado. Uh, Yeah. And I have re- I have thought many times over the years, why am I raising my kids in Kansas City? But um, but yeah, moved to moved to Kansas City 18 years ago, 
and just um, it's a great place to raise raise a family. So I have three boys, um, 19, 17, and 11, um, two biological, one through adoption. Um, Micah is a freshman at Webster University in St. Louis. Tyler is a senior in high school here in Liberty, Missouri. And, uh, and Zion is my wild card. He's, <laughs> he's a fifth grader, and you can find him after school, oftentimes playing with his yo-yos in our office yeah. <laughs> when school is over. So Eating snacks. Eating, eating copious <laughs> amounts of snacks. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. What the hell does the director of story do at a place? What does that mean? Uh, I have started to think about my title and my job as one of definitions where I am, I am, um, I think you guys would, would, um, you would back me up on this, that I am, um, uh, u- uniquely <laughs> wired to, to, to do, um, certain things really well. And, and so I think about, uh, I think about life and, my existence and the existence of people around me through, uh, through the, the lens of narrative, uh, storytelling. Mm. I think that, um, when, when I look at a, a human being, I, I see them oftentimes living a, a story out. I think about my own life in, in those terms, not just doing events, but I am, it's all part of a bigger story for myself. How does this fit into my narrative? Mm. It is that kind of foundation that I'm wired with. My background is in storytelling photography. Um, and so the, the director of story is one where I get to think about uh, our organizations that, that we uh, have a chance to, to work alongside uh, and their stories. What, um, and what are those stories? I spend a lot of time listening and I spend a lot of time uh, empathizing with the, uh, the leaders of these organizations and then reflecting back to them, hey, here's what I'm seeing and hearing in your story. And then when we're doing visual assets or whether it's podcast direction or whatever, um, I'm shaping those things. Hey, here's, here's how this fits into the story. Hey, we're missing it if we don't talk about uh, these benchmark uh, parts of their story. Uh, here's what's really going on. You're not just selling a product. You are actually, you are actually a cause. You are a, you're a movement. Um, and the individuals in those organizations, their stories matter too. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, and just, again, for context, relationally have been friends longer than we've worked together. Um, right. And and I think it's, it's an interesting intersection because some of these uh, experiments, so to speak, with, um, with friends first type of an approach, we've uh, even to a degree, Rachel and I were friends. Our families were friends before we, like, formally worked together and and that all that isn't always awesome (laughs) and in fact sometimes it makes it tricky and complicated um but i think in these two examples it it leads me to my own question for the the first one for these two before the two core questions so we're going to answer two core questions today or at least explore (laughs) probably not going to answer them fully but explore two core questions one is what does human first mean we've like quite literally made a stamp with it and like put it on our gear and our logo and our backpacks, (laughs) not the backpacks, actually, that just says the logo. Um, but what does human first mean? And then the, the follow-up, the very logical follow-up is why does that matter in the context of building a thing, a brand, a business, a team, a culture, 
a career, your own identity. Um, how, how does the exploration of human first, uh, why does that matter? Um, but real quick, it doesn't have to be real quick, but before we tackle those two topics, uh, Rachel, go first, please. What is collective? Why, why, why did we, not that this is a guild collective podcast specifically, but as a, as a leader in the business and a understand, understanding around what we're orienting towards, what is collective and why the change from guild content to guild collective? The change from content to collective has been one that I think has been like simmering in the minds of the people that are, that have built this thing over the past few years. And part of it's just kind of happened organically. We started, you started Justin, um, almost six years ago, focusing on content and what was behind the the reason for creating content was to connect with humans. And as we grew over time, we have kind of oriented ourselves around this collective of humans that are passionate about telling businesses stories and human stories. And and even the the people that contract to do work with us, the the humans that are, are part of the story that we're building and the humans that we get the opportunity to serve, we view it as this larger collective of collective of humans that are focused on one thing, which is putting other humans first and figuring out what does it look like to tell stories that that matter um, about the humans inside the business and then the humans that get to experience those stories on the other side. I love it. Well said. The I think it's important context only for you guys can explore and hear about our business all day long. That's great. The, the purpose of this conversation, though, is the distinction, and frankly, you two in particular really helped me get clear on the idea we had from the beginning was brands have beautiful stories to tell. Not all brands. <laughs> some, some have crappy stories to tell. Um, but, or mean stories or whatever. Different conversation. The, the brands we wanted to align with, in a particular sense, had powerful, meaningful, purposeful stories to tell. And we launched with this like flag in the ground to say like, and Rachel, you said it, we're going to create content that connects to the human soul. And that has a beneficial outcome to the business we would, we would propose and hypothesize. And we've now validated and experienced. Um, and, and in conversation, as we talked about like, okay, how do we, how do we do our own work here? How do we take our own medicine? We kept coming back to this phrase. And again, I think Rachel said it first and Jeremy lives it very visibly um, but it's not just the story that matters. The story, of course, is an entry point. Um, but it's the, the, the higher headwaters even of human first. And in this era of chat AI and all sorts of like ridiculously inexpensive freelancers that can pump content out by the masses and this deluge of, uh, social media feeds and we're just inundated with messages. And again, I'm trying to be clear. I don't want to make this a marketing conversation specifically, but my meandering question here for you two is why human first? What, what about, what is human first? Let's define it. What is human first as you two would see the phrase? I mean, when I look at the phrase, quite simply, it's that people matter. 
um, that, that, that's at its most basic building block. People, human beings walking around right now in this office building, uh, in this room, uh, in my family, in my four walls, that I live in and amongst, these people matter. There's this other building block of it that um, I know that I feel in myself. That is, I want to be seen and I want to be known. I want to be heard. I want to be validated. And I think that that's a human need as well. People matter. Their stories matter. And so I've always taken this like as a top-down thing, Justin. It's like, I know you. I've known you for, gosh, 14 years, something ridiculous, like 15 years. Our kids were babies together, and they're not babies anymore. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I have seen that modeled from the beginning, from my my starting point at uh, Guild, formerly Content, now Collective, is that um, is that we are not we're not just a, an organization that is about um, accomplishing a, a goal on paper, but there is something bigger going on here. That the people that walk through our doors that we get to meet are greeted with understanding, kindness, empathy, listening. Um, and so when I hear uh, human first, it's that people matter. Your story matters. That's where I would go. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the simplicity of what you said. And I would kind of, I would kind of boil it down the same way. I, th- I think, like, quite simply, we were put, I was put on this earth, I think we were put on this earth to, to love other people and to know them. And if, if the work that we're going to do is consistently infused with that, then I think that we're doing what we're put here to do. Uh, I read this quote this morning, and it said, nothing makes a soul sicker than spending too much time tending to itself. And it reminded me of when I was Mm. a teenager and I was, you know, at the moment, probably more often than not an angsty one and (laughs) was, you know, talking to my mom about, you know, I was feeling sad and I didn't know what to do. And she kind of gave me this like, or this declarative, like, new rule that I had to do every day. I had to do three nice things for somebody else and come home and tell her about it. And, and it taught me that, man, when you get so that we were meant to focus on other people. And for sure there's this, you know, understanding who you are and how you're wired is what helps you love others. Well, but I think, you know, for just, we're not talking about the, the business or brand side of it yet, but just you know, from the nature of being a human, mm. understanding yourself, and then um, what does it look like to to tend more towards others than than to yourself? I that think that's what human first looks like. You two are not mandated or required to answer <laughs> in any particular way, but I am curious your experience here in in our business, right? This this little like collective of humans doing doing a thing. Um, how has that and Jeremy, you mentioned like the the feeling of empathy and understanding and, and being validated and heard and seen. Um, definitely not asking for like a leadership pat on the back here. I am asking for contrast between places you've been that weren't that, that might might have been profit first or, which is all okay. <laughs> it's not like a like a knock. We're not, we're not doing anything magical necessarily, um, or revolutionary, but. 
in a profit, revenue, growth, all those things are good and we want them <laughs> to be really clear to name those. Um, how is a human first organization different than a fill in the blank first organization? Or how have you experienced it? I, and I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I haven't worked in the um, in the corporate world uh, for 15 years prior to uh, prior to, prior to starting it at Guild Collective, so I'm going to really plumb the depths of my my <laughs> my squirrel path brain here. Um, you too, huh? You have one of those too. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Allow me to tangent. Um, <laughs> it's, let's. That'll be on my. Uh, let's. That'll be on my tombstone someday. <laughs> Um, Rachel's like, come on, let's roll. Yeah, let's exactly. go. Allow me to be I'm direct. Like, <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> Rachel just got really anxious. <laughs> I thought we had a certain amount of time for this yes, conversation. We do. So as succinctly as I can, um, I uh, uh, my, my fiance uh, worked for a uh, a shop here in the city, and uh, my fiance is a mother, and she has um, beautiful children, great relationship with her children and she was given uh, almost no time off or any flexibility to be, uh, to be those things. Instead, she was uh, treated as, um, she was treated as uh, a placeholder is what I've, I felt like, like a, somebody to accomplish a certain thing. Uh, you're doing X, Y, and Z. That's why you exist. When you're in these walls, this is who you are. Um, the problem is we aren't just one thing. I have experienced that. Uh, I have a special needs little guy. And so my, my life is oftentimes last minute doctor's appointments or, um, or the joy of getting engaged again. Uh, we are not just one thing. We are a lot of mm -hmm. things. And so when we, when we talk about, um, you know, working here, uh, the, the flexibility to be a full human being is, is I think the thing that I love the most and that is not blowing smoke at anybody. It is the thing that I appreciate the most because I am not one thing. I am a human being with good days and bad days and stuff happens and I have to, I'll have to get my work done at 8 PM or whatever, or I have to get up at 5 AM and get my work done. Or sometimes shoot, my son has a doctor's appointment. I have to meet this meeting and there is this, I love the term collective because it is, we are together, we are pulling the same direction, we pick each other up when we need it. Uh, I have made mistakes in this job, uh, and I have been bailed out by my team. So that, that's my, f you know, first response. I do remember working at a big, I worked for a big bank <laughs> a lot of years ago, uh, worked in a cubicle. There is no understanding of, who somebody actually is. They sit their desk, they have a little picture of their kids up or whatever on the desk, but it is very much just like, it is a, it is like the, um, it, it is like the employment equivalent of beige. You just, <laughs> you just show, show up and there's like, you shrug your shoulders and you go to work and you come home from work and your life happens outside of work. Work happens at work. I, I, I think of severance. Me too. The, the, sh the show, as you're describing that, which is like so haunting and yep. I haven't seen that. magnificent. Oh, it's brilliant. And it's like, 
not every place that has a cubicle is bad. No. <laughs> um, but that that beige might, like, the title of the show is Severance. Like, they literally sever parts of you off to go into this mind, mind-numbing mind terrible environment where you like don't remember your other parts of your life it's like the it's the opposite or the antithesis of what um jeremy you're describing rachel what would you add or what's going on for you yeah i think i mean the word i was thinking of when jeremy was talking is wholeness and and you kind of alluded to my personality a little bit earlier justin but like as an enneagram eight like sometimes wholeness and human first is not the most efficient way to do things. It's messy. Probably <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, not. it's yeah. messy and it's hard. But I I fundamentally believe that good businesses can change the world for the better. Mm. And I think that the way to that is focusing on the main thing. The other things, profit and revenue, all of that, like. You're going to be a good business. Those have to matter. Um, Saint summer camp. As, <laughs> this isn't summer camp. <laughs> Rachel Burnett has told me before, <laughs> and I, I needed it. Um, but yeah, like I think the focus of the the main thing, which are the humans, and it's not always efficient. It's not always um, clear. It's not always black and white. But that that is the way that I think good businesses, the way that charts the path for good businesses to change the world. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, for the sake of the calendar, let's shift. The very, very important follow-up. We defined, at least to the extent that we can, what human first means in a, in a context of an organization. Uh, we've talked a lot about ours. Why, why does that phrase matter? Why does that philosophy have the potential to steal Rachel's phrase, to change the world? Um, why is it unique? Why is it rare? Shouldn't be. It's, that's why it's sometimes like not that groundbreaking, really. Rachel and I watched this wonderful um, panel of of leaders who have been at it for thirty years. Uh, was it thirty ish? I think it was thirty years. Yeah. And the president gets up and he's like, "I hope this is helpful. We don't have anything revolutionary to say." <laughs> and what what they then shared was incredibly revolutionary actually because it it was a it was a visible manifestation of a 30 year human first organization who cares deeply for their people first cares deeply for their clients um equally <laughs> not first or second equally and who just kept chipping away at it just kept going he's like it took us 14 years to like ever make a dollar really um but they they they're on display so to speak as a a successful organization because they've acquired all this stuff in the last several years and they're up there like crying and being in relationship with each other um so why does human first matter why does that philosophy impact how does that philosophy impact a business organization team individual the the word that you know is on my mind when I think about that question is congruence. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of businesses may focus on, and even, and even in marketing too, like focus on the, the result, focus on either the bottom line or the marketing message that needs to go out. And then, then I think there's also, you know, some businesses that maybe focus a ton on the bottom line um, in turn, they focus on the internal part. They focus on culture. They focus on, um, the inside. But I think like when I think about human first, I think it's this 
broader congruence of internally focusing on the wholeness of your humans that work with you and how you want to go change the world together, but then externally the humans that you get to do that work for and with through your product or service or whatever, I think there's, when there's this congruence, there's another word that comes to mind too. There's this integrity of we get to go tell human first stories because the people inside of this company are aligned on the story that we're telling and the work that we're doing. And then the people that we're doing it for are also aligned in that same mission, which then I guess goes back to you know, big reasoning for, for our name now is, is collective. It's a really big ramble. I'd love to hear Jeremy's. <laughs> oh, I've got a bigger ramble. I think <laughs> unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because my mind goes a lot of different places. When I, t- when I think about why does human first matter? Um, uh, you mentioned it earlier, Justin, in a world of like, you know, uh, AI beginning to, to really take hold, self-driving cars coming out. Um, uh, I saw a movie uh, a, a long time ago that, that featured, there's a scene with these, um, you know, big rig trucks that are self-driving down the highway. And I remember watching that movie and I, and I went, but all the people that were driving the trucks before don't have jobs anymore. Like, um, uh, and this is my squirrel path brain again. Um, Let I think, us in. <laughs> I think about that, and I think about we live in a in a world and society right now that is moving forward at just warp speed. It feels like advances in technology, uh, advances in uh, computer software, efficiency efficiency, efficiency, bottom line growing, that I get concerned that we don't stop and think about, is this actually good for humanity um, and, and the, the people that are, are actually walking around? Uh, it benefits a few. It doesn't benefit the whole collective of, uh, of, of the human race. Uh, or, or maybe it does. I don't know. But I get a little bit scared, and maybe this is because I'm getting old and I feel like the old man on the porch shaking his fist at, Oh, we have computers in our pockets now, and <laughs> has that benefited us? Uh, we could have a debate about that. Why does human first matter? Because people matter. People matter, and their stories matter. Their home lives matter. You drive down the drive down the highway and look at an apartment building, and every single one of those apartments is filled with stories, uh, narrative stories that matter, and these people are living out their hopes and their dreams, uh, failures, uh, mistakes, um, fears, triumphs, career paths, whatever it is, you know, heartbreak or falling in love all over the map, every single person. And I do believe that every single person has a story that matters. They also have a role to play, a very unique role to play potentially at every organization. And I think that we have the opportunity to mine some of that out both in Guild Collective internally. You know, I, I get to know somebody like Brett Peters that I work with. Uh, great guy. Great story. Alex Sanchez. Great guy. Great story. I love those guys. I love their stories. Uh, I love that they're my friends. And now I trust them as friends. That we, can, we can create things for our partners together. And it's not just a static AI uh, doing the creation. It is people that resonate with people. And somehow, I think that that actually makes the world a better place. 
because we are connecting with other human beings. So that's my long roundabout answer. People, just quite simply, people matter. We forget that sometimes. Um, people matter, their stories matter. So, And can I give a shallow reason too? <laughs> I, I, just, I think it just works. I think we can all, right. you know, remember watching commercials or, you know, listening to ads or whatever it is and you, you see something that, to use a phrase from one of our clients, uh, lands like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> and it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't connect. They don't understand the, the humans that are watching it. Like we can also remember the, the ones that, that do work, the ones that did connect with us. And, you know, I think that from a shallow perspective, it's, this is just a more effective use of mar- companies' marketing budgets is to understand the humans and connect with them. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that we would be doing anything human first wise. It would not be a, a stamp on our website or on the sweatshirt that Justin is wearing presently. Uh, that phrase would not exist if it did not work, if it was not a wholehearted belief that, yeah, we're actually doing something that works. Cause uh, I woke up today, I checked my phone and on my phone, you know, if you scroll through Instagram, basically every single one of those images is an advertisement for something. It is calling for my attention. It is a piece of digital content that is reaching out for my attention. Please double tap me. Uh, please respond to me in a comment, visit my website. Uh, here, here's this sale, whatever. And it's estimated that we're, we're viewing 5,000 images plus every day. Mm. We wake up over 5,000 images every single day, billboards on the side of the road, different stores have you know, banners in their, in their windows or whatever, or then the internet, it's just everywhere. Um, that terrifies me because how do you stand out uh, in, in a sea of, of just a digital ocean of, um, of imagery? You know, do you, do you try to make something look better, different, make a better sale, scream at people's attention, do the car dealership thing, you know, buying out. There's never been a better time to buy than right now, they say every single month. Um, or, or, do you, or do you stand out because every single person is living their own individual human story, and if you highlight those, you are actually, without even trying to, you are becoming unique. And uh, and standing out, I think human first is the only way to stand out. It's the only way to get a message to stand out. And I have a core belief that, like, um, it's a quote by a, an author that I really love named Anne Lamott. I think you, you love her too, right? I think, well, I think we the all three of us are team man, team man. But to be great, art has to point somewhere. Like it, it cannot be a self-serving, like look at us kind of message. But instead, human first. We are highlighting the stories outside of us. We're letting those truths that are that are existing in other organizations tell themselves. We just get to repackage those, package them beautifully, and put them out to the world. And so. and it's I'm so grateful you guys went here because it's it's not a shallow answer. It's a it's an incredibly profound answer actually. The pursuit of it's hard work <laughs> and not perfect work. At least we're not perfect at it. Um, maybe there are others who are, but it's really like kind of sacred work. There, there are times when I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> there, there are CEOs or VPs of marketing or owners of small businesses who are like moved to tears because we didn't, it doesn't feel profound. It feels simple to ask a 
bunch of questions about a business and then they answer them <laughs> and, and, and like the practicalities of it to get, get to the heart of the matter. Right. And, but then to see, and Rachel, you said it great. Like it's also the brilliant business decision <laughs> because we don't remember the, the buy one suit, get seven free <laughs> sale for long or the, the ever, ever increasing drama about the auto dealership sale, which we love auto dealer, by the way, we'd love to help tell your stories of families that you impact and, um, the moments that you're carrying those vehicles to anyway, my own rabbit trail. The, the way I want to end it though, is one step deeper than the, than the why does human first matter? Why does the story matter? What is it about story and and be as, let's be as practical as we can and be, be as helpful and as valuable as we can. What did, what is it about story that sticks, that makes us remember, that makes us care, that I'd argue makes us come alive? <laughs> like I, 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 I've walked many of my years in like kind of a sleepwalking fog, right? And um, when, when the lights go on, when your heart and your soul is stirred towards something as opposed to numbed or avoiding or unaware of something, something shifts in you, something sticks in you, something happens inside a human. So help make sense of my mess here. What comes to mind as you think about a narrative-based, story-based business, life, (laughs) organization, team, leadership philosophy, brand campaign that you're launching, what is it about story that makes that deeply simple and shallow on one level and like wildly profound at the same exact time? I mean, for me, I've, I've been obsessed with stories since I was a little girl. I remember I was probably 10 and I was, it was a sunny day outside in Mississippi. I was upstairs in my room reading and my dad comes in and he, he said, Rachel, I love that you love to read, but it's a beautiful day. Go outside. <laughs> and I was like, man, I really, I guess I really am kind of a nerd. And, <laughs> and um, the other day I was driving Nora to school and it was the second or third day in a row that the sunrise had been just beautiful. And I said, Nora, look at the sunrise. And she said, mom, how do you do it? And I said, do what? And she said, you just you always pay attention. You always notice the sky and what's going on in the moment. And I think story, one of the reasons I love story so much when I'm not, you know, reading a book is to be a good storyteller, you have to pay attention. That's right. And, and I think stories help us. And another reason is stories help us make sense of the world and wherever or our life or whatever is going on. I think that's a big reason that you know, the art of storytelling still exists. And I think that's why, you know, people told stories long before they were, you know, writing them down is they, they just help us make sense of ourselves. They help mm-hmm. us make sense of the world. So, you know, I think in in telling stories, you're required to pay a lot of attention. And then on the receiving end of stories, and as you write your own, whatever it looks like, I think it it also helps you just make sense of what's going on inside you and what's going on outside of you. So well said. Yeah. That's awesome. I I have been, um, listen, 
I, I studied trombone in college, so I'm not an expert in anything, and certainly not even <laughs> trombone anymore. Wow. But but I am, yeah, I, I love start it. there. Um, <laughs> but it is incredibly fascinating to me that I can remember where I was sitting the first time that I watched the movie Braveheart and how it felt as a, 15, right. as a 15 year old to be in the theater going, my gosh, I thought this movie was ending We're an hour and a half in. We have an hour and a half to go. And the thrill of this narrative story that goes from like conflict through conflict through conflict. And there's a romantic story in there and there is uh, it's incredibly violent and dark and it ends with this like sacrificial, death and the freedom of the Scottish people. Um, why can I remember that story so well? I'm convinced that there is something biological about us and I'm not, I'm not a neuroscientist or anything like that, but um, that our brains are hardwired for story. Uh, why can I remember that? And I, yeah, you're right, Justin. I couldn't remember the, the latest car dealership ad. Uh, no matter how big the banner is or how big the American flag is in their, in their parking lot or whatever, um, that goes in one ear and out the other. That's, that's white noise. And, and story feels like it is, the, it is the, almost the operatic voice that kind of appears out of that. And you remember that sound. Why do I cry at the end of the Shawshank Redemption? Because uh, when Andy Dufresne crawls crawls out of that pipe and he gets free from the prison he was unjustly imprisoned in and I just watched this the other night so it's fresh on my mind um, why do I remember that why do I feel um, so attached to Red as he gets in the bus and goes to meet Andy across the border into Mexico why do I cry when he walks down the beach and they embrace at the end uh, and he's talking about hope it's because I in my own life am longing for hope I am longing for that experience of freedom. And so stories are this way that I find that we both remember um, that, you know, they stick in our brain. We remember them. I think that we're biologically wired for it. Stories stand out. And they also attach to the heart. They, they move the emotion. They move the, the very human need in me for hope, for, um, for freedom, for friendship, for love, for beauty, all of these things, stories do that. Uh, and so I don't think that there's any way, um, that there's not any way for humanity to exist without storytellers. I think that we are, we're in good hands in that way. <laughs> and, um, and so being able to do that for organizations is, um, is a lot of fun. So mm. I love it. I'm uh, just pausing and, sitting with y'all in it for a moment because it's a it's a powerful and simple framework really it's a um, underutilized <laughs> piece of our humanity that's still left right like we um to your point on the the self-driving big rig it's like man the, the human soul was created for more than uh, a compartmentalized job or a segmented life or a deluge of ads and it's a it's a stirring conversation to sit with y'all and and I think the road ahead for us at least on on this show is 
conversations with others like this, um, mostly leaders or people who are up to good, <laughs> building something of human first substance in all its weird iterations. Um, and, and make no mistake, it is, I think the, we've experienced it. I hope I could say it out loud. Like the human first way is harder. <laughs> it, it, it would be a simpler way. I've got a, a, a wonderful, close individual in my life who, um, who, who's, whose charge is, Hey, check that shit at the door. When you're coming, when you come here, you produce and you take care of all the rest of that stuff when you're not here. Like you leave it, leave it at the door. And, and that's okay. That's not like a, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's in the short term, a pretty effective and Jeremy to use your word efficient way of production. (laughs) And I think for my own soul, I've longed for a place that cares more about the, the, the character than the production. Um, and it turns out when you get some of that other stuff, right, production is a natural output. The, 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 the output of someone's safety and their believing in and their acceptance of um, seems to produce people who really give a damn <laughs> um, and, and really come to life for the things that, that matter and are aligned. But whew, it's, it's not always easy. No, it's not easy. Of course it's not. People are complicated, <laughs> right? And I have an ego. I think everybody has an ego. To do human-first storytelling well, it means setting the ego aside, listening, reflecting back. And um, it's good work. I think it's important work. And I think it is, um, I think it's the only way to go. Well, we're 15 minutes over our budget of time. <laughs> <laughs> so it is Price, uh, It is time we adjourn. Um, Rachel, Jeremy, what's on your mind? Closing comments. How do you feel? This was fun. I always like talking to you. Yeah, I love this stuff. It's great. Thanks for having me on. We're going to do it once a month. <laughs> Rock and roll. Appreciate you all. We'll talk to you next week.